You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Cosmos After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Cosmos After Show. This is the storytelling of science. This is exactly what this is. And not a better end, but before we go there, let's just say, with over 27 million weekly downloads, listened to in over 100 different countries, we're your one-stop, one destination for true after-show entertainment. I'm JC, and this is Cosmos, a space-time odyssey, episode 13, Unafraid of the Dark. And before we go any further, we have to introduce our wonderful panel of hosts. Starting with my main man. That's right, we've been through it all. Yeah, <laughs> back again. Of course. The second smartest man known to the whole universe. Yeah. Who would that be? Not, definitely not anyone here, except maybe Dylan. No, no. Scott Moore. Yes, I've got to say that. He's our science expert, but of course, we have to go across the table. And he joined us, what was it, episode four? Episode three. Episode three. Episode yeah, three. I came in episode three. Nice. And he wow. gave us a little bit of cosmic perspective. Ooh, thanks. That's right, Mr. Dylan Chance. <laughs> hey, that's me. Happy to be here. And, Sad to go. And we're happy to have you. Oh. And the smartest one and the fairest one of them all. And the prettiest one. Yes. That's biased. By a mile. <laughs> Keeping it straight. Autumn Checklist, thank you again for an amazing season. And, of course, no show would be complete running the ones and twos. Miss Roya Terry? Yeah. I said it right. <laughs> Yay. I love her. She's like, yeah. I've been struggling with it. It was almost like she had questioned it herself. <laughs> thank you for making this so. possible. And, of course, to the fans that have stayed with us for 13 weeks of the most glorious weeks that we could possibly ever imagine. Right. Put up with us. Yes. Yeah. Well, listen to us just blabber mm. on. Well, before we go any further, guys, let's talk about on what I call Today I Learned It. Today, today I, learned, I it. learned It? Today I Learned It. What today did, I Learned It. What did we learn about tonight's episode? Oof. Well, we have to narrow it down to a sentence I'm like, or one two. Thing? I think, uh, well, we talked about this. Tonight's episode was kind of a nice little, like, retouching of all the basis of what we've covered in the last 13 weeks. With some new stuff thrown in, but... um I feel like it was a nice little wrap-up, recap, make sure you got all your, you know, T's crossed and I's dots kind of an episode. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Anyone else care to add to that? Yeah, I mean, it was, in a way, almost a passing of the baton to what we finished the episode, and obviously I'm skipping to the end, we kind of mentioned the fact that maybe in 20-some years, if they don't have a season two, they'll be kind of picking up where they started again. So it was not only a bit of a passing of the baton we're going to continue on because this kind of stuff always is going to go on but it was also a nice recap of why we love the show in general and why science is important in general and i hate to sound hokey but in a sense it was a very different episode in that Mm -hmm. way it wasn't just about this what we're learning today this is 
why this is important and why everything we've learned up until now is important. Yeah, I, yeah. I, adding to that, I mean, I, I can say with confidence, I, I guarantee someone watching tonight, some child, a six, eight-year-old who is watching tonight's episode, is going to create something, something that we can't even comprehend right now that the world will need by, show, by a show like this. I hope so. It's yeah, inspiration. Yeah. It, it truly is. So before yes. we get into our favorite moments of the season of the whole show, let's get into what happened tonight. And, of course, we open up with the Alexandra Library. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Once again, the... Now, did they open with animation? I'm so... I'm, I'm so we see the, our fans on the couch are <laughs> nodding yes. Did, did they open with animation or was it just more of just like a... A flashback of, of Dr. Tyson just walking amongst just the library itself. But Well, he was well, in he a was. library. He was, yes. Later on. No, it's just because I, I wanted to talk about also the animation. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just giving us another way to learn as well. Mm-hmm. It just hits us in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, just from the spectacle of the special effects down to the animation by Caravallo. It just everything. Everything that it, it just, just came to a head tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. I thought it was a very... It was a very pretty episode, if I can call it that. You know, between the animation, the CG, what they talked about, I felt like it was something I could have watched in the planetarium. You know, just the sweeping stuff of the universe, and it was so nicely wrapped up. And on the production value side, like you were saying, Autumn, it was like you could either pass the baton or you could go into a season two. Like it was left in in a nice way to where you could come back next season or it could come back in 20 years. So you said you did feel something, something, almost like a, would you call it more heartfelt? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think it, yes. See, so there was yes, yes. Could, could it be because of the uh, tonight? It was uh, the episode was directed by actually Andrian, by by Carl Sagan's wife. Oh wow, could yeah. be. Yeah, so she she put her stamp on it. Mm-hmm. Well, I liked She's it. Lovely, it was. Yeah. So, and if you guys get a chance, check out um, their daughter. Her their daughter Sasha did this one on one interview with Anne about what it meant putting Cosmos back on the map. It was on in Mash on Mashable. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you caught that. Scott. I did. Yeah. yeah. So just just so much that I think we'll rewatch it again and again. And like mm-hmm. I think was it Dylan or Autumn that said that once you watch it, you're going to learn something new. You know, every time you watch. Yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, of course, there has to be yeah. stuff that we missed oh, going yeah. through the first time. We'll rewatch so it. So much go, detail. I mean, we just finished watching Oof. it about 15 minutes right. ago, so we're still like mush. Yeah. <laughs> I need to watch it again. I've yeah. been watching every one of them a second time, like tomorrow then that you know well you must need to because we're busy taking notes and trying to figure out like what we want to talk about and then you can go back and let it just kind of soak in and actually watch it for what it is Mm -hmm. right and if you want to keep watching it i know the dvd comes out this week tuesday Mm -hmm. on on tuesday with five hours Mm -hmm. extra footage more behind the scenes stuff and supposedly um Andrian also mentioned that there's a special surprise at the very end that not even neil degrasse tyson knows about oh so if he Maybe oh, wow. never yeah. before seen footage of Carl Sagan talking. I don't know, like because she has got everything there. I guess so she does have everything. Uh, but bringing you back to what you said earlier about the sentimentality or the more heartfelt mm-hmm. aspect of the show tonight, which is what really got to me. Um, up until now, it ha- they've had their moments of sentimentality and their moments of kind of you know the awe moments, if you will. But this was the first time where they really kind of went for the heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Maybe in a bit of an existential crisis way when they were talking about just the expansiveness of the universe. But more specifically, you had that beautiful monologue about this is our home. This is the planet that we come from and how really insignificant we are in the grand scheme of the universe. Mm -hmm. And it was really something to listen to. It was virtual poetry, frankly. It was poetry in a way that science gets a bad 
rep for being very uh, bland mm-hmm. and not and by the fact and yeah, yeah very and structural yeah. and kind of cold. But what was and... so lovely about that specific speech and other things throughout the episode was that it completely went against that stereotype, mm-hmm. and it was absolutely. I mean, as someone who loves literature and writing and considers herself a humanities person, it was beautifully and elegantly articulated and the imagery and everything that was like all the devices using it were absolutely I hate to use the word delicious because it's so corny but it kind of was so that was really lovely to me anyway did you guys notice that on the second half of this series it seemed to become more you know Episode two, they spoke about evolution, mm-hmm. and that caused controversy galore. But mm-hmm. towards the second half of the season, with so much talk about climate change, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and you started, they started. Now, I don't want to say they they were hitting you over the head with it, but they were making their statement be known. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I was just saying good. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> Which is great. I mean, right. it's great that, that there's an open discussion. Right. And Andrew even has talked about this that maybe that the pendulum is starting to swing back. To us basing our theories, our explain everything on science. I would hope so. It's definitely, I feel like, bigger movement right now than it has been in a while. It mm-hmm. was like, you know, a big thing uh, throughout the earlier decades of this last century. But, like, towards the end of it, the last couple, like, you know, 20 years or so, it feels like it kind of slipped off the radar and people kind of stopped caring and, yeah, and became, then, like, and, nerdy. And Well, and I was going to say, also, like, even for us and our own government, you know, budgets have been cut so right. much for All space exploration. And then we had this resurgence of people not believing in climate change being caused Ugh. by man-made things, which yeah. they did before. So we've had a lot of that that's right. happened over the past, you know, decade plus. So are you with the panel that it is going to... And make us reinvest. I hope so. I actually have an article about that. It's called a tease. A little tease, yes. <laughs> There'll be a payoff later. Well, bringing that back tuned. to actually the original um, scene that we were talking about, which was with the greatest library that ever was at that mm-hmm. point, they had a lot of. They were discussing how it was so important to them at that time. I mean, they would go onto the ships of visitors and pr- pretty much go through everything. They Not pretty much, they would go through everything and not look for money or anything like that. I'm sure they took that too. But they were looking for books and they were looking for information. And Alexander the Great was called Alexander the Great for a reason and one of those reasons was that he had such a, put such an emphasis on education and such mm-hmm. an emphasis on knowledge and the gathering of it. So it was kind of mind-blowing once he brought that around too, and we have all this information on your cell phone, exactly. on your computer, and At how that's your totally fingers. taken for granted now. Right? Yes, totally taken for granted. There were so many messages. Even thereafter, where the the books were, uh, they were held by the elite. Yeah. Until the mob mm-hmm. overtook them. They said the information was controlled by the elite, um, which I thought was pretty. I maybe it's just me, but it almost felt like it was a stab at the whole net neutrality and all that uh, mm-hmm. internet regulations and whatnot going on right now because that if it goes through will be another way for information uh, for the elite to be more accessible to people with more money uh, because they're going to have like internet fast lanes and whatnot to where basically like if it's deregulated no, that's if that's the net neutrality rules right. But right I mean, that, that's yes. But if it's taken away, yeah. and then you're allowed to have the bandwidth to be able to yeah. speed up and pay for it, and that's 
that's not good because it needs to be the same for everyone. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I mean, does this statement prove true? Then he said, what will we do when the next mm-hmm. mob comes? Right, exactly. exactly. That's yeah. what's going to happen because right now there's some people on board with it and like uh, trying to figure it out and trying to stand up against it. But I don't feel like it's reaching enough people right now because too many people don't know what it is right. or they don't have it questions about it. The name of it is very vague. It's, it's very not very vague. clear. It actually sounds like it's going to be fair because mm-hmm. it's called net neutrality. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just all mm-hmm. of a trick. Okay. Yeah, but I'm um, actually going off of that and not spinning it, but kind of going adjacent to it, if you will. There has been a pattern throughout history where people want to be... It's very interesting because throughout history, people have wanted to be educated, and being educated was something that was reserved mm-hmm. for the people who could afford education, who were the elite. And for some reason, there was this turn in recent years, not, you know, over the past, like, five years, but over the past... I don't know. I'm not exactly sure when the trend started, but definitely in recent years there's been a trend towards almost the dumbing down of society, and I don't mean that in a pessimistic mm-hmm. way. I think that it's coming around, but there certainly was this idea that be, being an elitist, if you will, was being educated or um, being too smart, being a nerd, that kind mm-hmm. of thing, and that it was construed as a bad thing as opposed to a good thing. Mm-hmm. When Personally, I think it shouldn't be viewed as something to strive for. I'm not saying that elitism is a good thing, but when did being educated and knowing things and being considered smart and ahead of the game Mm -hmm. become such a negative and, like, this um, thing to be looked down on, or if not looked down on, I guess it can't be, just to be scrutinized. Should we just break it down even at the smallest level possible with um, Dr. Tyson's, his favorite quote, and instead of you know what you just said, just mm-hmm. break it down to the smallest element of just always being curious. If that yeah. internal motivation drives you, then we should be fine. If we're yes. always curious, mm-hmm. searching, wanting to learn. I mean, that, yeah. and hopefully this series did that. And or at I least know, sparked it at least because yes. there are some people that may not have had that curiosity. Like Going with saying. what you said, mm-hmm. absolutely. And then he even talked about how there are people who just are fine living in a small mm-hmm. world, living in a small universe. And I, that I don't understand. I know someone who I told to watch this series, <laughs> and they told me, Ugh, it's boring, I don't like to learn. And I went, oh, that just blew my mind. I, I didn't understand that. I was I like, know. what do you mean? Phrase it you don't like to learn. Like, I know. That's I'm like, how Ooh. it was. I don't like to learn. And then she said that she learned everything she needed to learn from wow. Family Guy. So. From Family Guy. <laughs> Which is interesting. It's Same executive product. producer. I said, I yeah. That's that's really... like, okay. I said, you know, he helped make this series. But, oh, well, that's all she wants. Wow. It's so funny. We've spent close wow. to 50 minutes on the first three minutes of the show. Exactly. So we've got to move to on. But before we What's do that? that, actually, we do have to talk about our founder, Maria Menounos, and her latest book. She put out a book, yeah. The Everyday Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness. And I have I always share this story because Maria taught I have have hot tea. Yeah. Actually, it's hot water. Mm-hmm. Hot water. Yes. Hot water. Mm-hmm. And how she talks about how hot water just cleanses the body, the system, and it's something that we should all do. And I've done it, and I actually, it calms me. It centers me, in, like for a show, because believe me, this is kind of nerve-wracking. <laughs> no, you but should have seen him before we start. Right. No, it's true. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. It, you know, it's definitely a place of her, from her passion because I mean, she lost forty pounds. You know, she's come a long way, and she just shares her story. And I believe it's just relatable to everyone in their plight for their quest for fitness. And I, and I said it goes for guys too. It's not just for the gals. And I, as I posted it on uh, on Amazon, you got to remember. Uh, 
guys can take some good knowledge from this as well. Yeah, so def- definitely, definitely take a look at it, guys. We definitely recommend it. So let's move on to. Would you guys want to talk about the thought experiment? Because that was another another right. dig in a weird way. Because he, mm-hmm. yeah, in a in a left handed compliment kind of way, he said, "Pick any star." Any star will be surrounded by multiple planets, mm-hmm. and I believe what was it? What are the, what are the, what is it? The possibility that there could be life on any of these billions, billions, and billions. Mm-hmm. Of and let's say billions. they think that they know everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Yeah, that right. was for me. That was the one moment where I was like, okay, this is a little heavy-handed. We get the point. We're we're arrogant i know <laughs> and we are we think we know everything well and we okay. used to think we were the center literally yeah. of the universe you know that literally. everything revolved around the planet so i mean cutting us some slack <laughs> <laughs> we were still you know using sure. spearheads to hunt for fish at the time because we didn't i mean it of course makes we sense. know a lot of people now that i know that still think that the center of the universe but you know that's, a that, whole other that's story. true but that's a different thing <laughs> um, of course i mean uh, humanity's progressed so yeah. giving them the benefit of the doubt but Right, and, and see, and what we talked about was of what little we do know, because yeah. well, the moral of this of this whole show is the more we know, the more we find out that we don't, we know, don't know anything mm-hmm. at all. Do not know anything at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. It is. It's like, woo. And that starts with Victor Hess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because, now, Scott, you're a science guy. So tell me how... How Scott... How Scott... How, how Victor... Scott. How Victor... <laughs> now, he came across... Was it the cosmic rays? Yeah, yeah with, with, with radiation. Um, I, okay, the thing that freaks me out is the fact that he goes up three miles up in the atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, in I was this like, little, how's he going to breathe? This hot air balloon. That's why I kept thinking, I'm like, how's the guy going to breathe when he goes up that high and he's going to freeze to death? Um, and then how does he get back down? Like, without doing something crazy there. So the, the fact that he did it and went up there and did these tests is, again, the cool thing about, I think, of these earlier scientists. They were risk of Earth. They weren't afraid to go out there and yeah. do the things they need to do. When are you going to go up in a high Right, to three miles up on my own <laughs> to try to test out radiation. Um, yeah, so that was really great that he went up to do that, and he continued to try to discover what was causing it. At first he thought it was the sun, and then he realized when he was doing the other experiments that it wasn't the sun, in fact. Um, and it also brought to mind, too, uh, there's a new book on Sally Ride that's coming out mm. uh, pretty soon, and uh, I read an excerpt about it, and it was great because she talks about when she was up in space, how she could just see the thin veil of the atmosphere and sort of what, what we're saying with him and, you know, how fragile our planet really is and how that little thin veil, that atmosphere, protects us from that radiation and protects us from so many other things. And it's pretty cool. Wow. And, and how thin it really is when you when you see it from space. You know? Now, because I'm serious, my brain is broken after tonight's episode. Mm. <laughs> because from what everyone did to bring us to the point we're at right now. Right. Yeah. You know, and do we move on is to, was it to Fritz Zwicky? Oh, Fritz. Yeah, Fritz Zwicky. My favorite. That was the best little yeah, animation yeah, cool little thing pose. today. Yeah, what was the pose? I don't, uh, somebody's got to tell us what I that pose means. I think he means. just was like, hey. <laughs> he was like <laughs> suspended. But didn't he do like something with like the fingers? Yeah. Like the P, not quite a peace sign, but it I didn't was, quite catch it. It was like, West Side. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Did. He was like, West Side? <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, why. If anybody knows out there what it means. Please I'm let not, us know. I don't know. I'm just curious I, if it means something. Like, some I, scientist lingo. Maybe they told him, like, just do a pose. That's what he did. Because afterwards, like just he, improv. Afterwards, he even did the, like, I don't know. I know. <laughs> I it was so was. bizarre. It was very strange. It's like, just do improv. And this, I'm sorry, Scott, this is your. This is the number one guy. This is the most brilliant man you had never heard uh, from. Yes, yes. And it's true, because I only remember briefly 
now that we we went like talking about this guy like like for a sentence. So it's one of those things you weren't even taught about, and I think that's the great thing about this episode and this whole series is learning about these different scientists. Yeah, he was awesome. He was yeah, a brilliant was. guy, man. No, I mean, because... What, now, what did he talk... He talked about supernovas. He discovered how stars flare up and then right. they shrink down and that's their passage before they before they die. I mean, just knowing that from that is crazy. Well, and then he predicted they would, they would shrink back down and yeah. turn into a neutron star mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Correct. And then we started finding them. I'm like, oh, hey, they, yeah, they really do. He's they're out there. Out there. <laughs> they but, kept referring to him like, crazy Zwicky. Yeah. <laughs> oh, crazy Fritz Zwicky. <laughs> his other experiments and ideas. Yeah. But then that wasn't even as crazy as uh, theory. Well, I mean, fact. Well, it's not fact. What, what do I call it? This is where we get into dark matter. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's supposed to be a theory. I think. Yeah, it, yeah. right. Because, I don't want to misspeak, but I would assume it's a theory because it has not been proven a hundred percent. But be we know it's there. Yes, it's speed. It is speeding mm-hmm. up stars. Right? Is it speeding? Okay, so. This is where I get confused. Where the difference between dark matter, oh boy, oh and dark energy, and dark, dark energy. energy. Yeah. yeah, is matter the thing and is energy the action? I know. I was like, how do we <laughs> describe it? No, um, in the correct way. It is. It is confusing. I know. And also, the thing that also confused me is the whole fact that the universe is continuing to expand. But I'm like, what is outside of the universe? That's what I want to know. What is outside of the universe? I think you and a lot of people are kind of. What curious. is that? I mean, but that's the thing. Like, what is it? I think it's really hard to comprehend that it might just be nothing. I know, but what is nothing? <laughs> what is nothing? And what is nothing? No, but then, then do we do we get into the possibility of a multiverse? Right. Yeah. Yes. Oh boy. See, like in black exactly. holes or wormholes to other yes. universes and whatnot. I mean, this in the great time travel and the fourth dimension. Uh, yes, all that stuff. I love all that. And the great thing is, we because we know you, if you're watching us on YouTube, if you guys are watching us live on AfterBuzzTV.com, hello because we are back live. Yay! We're yes. Back. Let us know what you think. If not, definitely on YouTube and iTunes. Let us know what you think is beyond because I'm sure they're going to let us know what they think is beyond our universe. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. great beyond. You know, but let's because it's trying to. I'm it, trying to keep the balance between dark matter and it dark is. Well, energy. dark matter and dark energy is hard to see. But, yeah, of course. <laughs> but I mean dark matter because we don't really even know right. much about it, exactly what it is. And and just like we really don't know the forces of why the universe is continuing to expand he even and said, further out. Yeah, he even said it's pretty much a placement holder for saying yeah. we have, for our ignorance. Right. Yeah. We have no idea. We don't, idea. Know, we don't, know, we don't know what's causing it. We don't know what's causing the universe to continue to expand at such a rapid speed. And that's what that's why I was going to say this so it saves our butts. Mm-hmm. Because like, they don't know. Neither does Neil deGrasse Tyson. And he likes that. Yes. That's he his, likes that, that, that's his focus of study and his PhD, and that's what he's worked towards all these years. Mm-hmm. So it is. It, it's, it's pretty mind-boggling and crazy to even imagine. I'm like, what if it stops one day? It just stops expanding. Oh, you can't think about that. You have to yourself out. <laughs> I As it is, there were several times throughout this episode where I was just sitting there like, well, um, I'm just not, I'm going to pull myself out of the existential crisis right. that I'm so on <laughs> the brink of having So right if it now. just stops and then pulls back in on itself, what we'll if, never know why. What if cat gone. is really dog? <laughs> and dog sorry. is really cat. Cat is and dogs living together? I'm sorry. In peace. Let's move on to something a little more, I guess, easier to comprehend. And then this has been Scott's favorite moment, probably since episode one, <laughs> The Voyager. Yes. The yeah. journey oh, of yeah. The Voyager. Voyager. Yes. We talked about this episode mm-hmm. one. We so did. Scott, <laughs> let us know. I mean, take us through 
the journey of the Voyager and what we opened with tonight. Oh, that was great. Well, I mean, that's one of the things that I just love so much is because out here we're, we're so lucky to have JPL right around the corner. And uh, I have a friend that teaches there and researches every summer, so I love to go out and look at the mission control room. And it is pretty cool because they have it down to the second for each satellite that's out in space. Scott, why have you not told us about this? And why haven't we been there yet? <laughs> and, and Voyager 1 and 2 are up there, and you can see it down to the second, like 36 years, blah, 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 months, you know, days. And, and it's really cool to watch that. But Wait. Yeah. <laughs> I'm both really excited and, and very angry. Um, and it's great, I mean, because we've talked about this, because even last year there were a few articles, a few scientists disagreed. When did it exactly go into interstellar space and... Some had thought it had been months earlier, and then some had said, no, it hasn't quite happened. And they later went on to prove, which was in the episode tonight, that it has, in fact, gone into interstellar space, which is something that nothing that we've ever had before has ever done has gotten that far out. And it is cool. And actually, uh, Carl Sagan and Andrew were very much responsible for that golden record. They helped pick the songs, and they helped pick the sound that went on the golden record that are hurling out towards interstellar space right now. Just Those are good, cool. some cool sounds, but I feel like yeah. some might just be like, oh, we don't know what that is, and but, move on. Like the sound of like the brain waves, like that's pretty specific, yeah. unless they have oh. another sound of brain waves. No, I'm sure that that... Because who's to was... say their brains work like ours? Yeah. True. And I was going to ask well, Roya. Getting language and everything else. Well, hey, that too. Hey, Roya. But that would make sense. Hey, JC. Do they use American Express... Once they pass the so- our, like solar system, the heliosphere. Once they pass yes. the heliosphere, you know what? I think they do. Good. Well, tell yeah. us a little bit about it. Okay. Well, you know, I don't have anything to say, but this commercial will <laughs> explain it all for you. So mm. let's let's take a listen, shall we? She runs the ones Ciao. and twos. <laughs> My name is Yvonne Saravia, and I am a home health aide. My credit score was very high. It was like 700 something. Then I had like a hiccup in my finances. Everything just whoo, crashed. But I don't crawl under a rock and cry. It takes baby steps to get back. So that, that's what I am doing. With American Express Serve, you have a full service prepaid account that helps you handle your money simply and affordably. There's no credit check. You can pay your bills online and reload cash for free at over 15,000 locations, all for $1 a month, and all backed by the 24-7 service of American Express. This is what membership is. This is what membership does. Get started with an American Express Serve card at CVS Pharmacy or Family Dollar today. Terms and restrictions apply. Go to serve.com for more details. Craft cookie crumbles. Whoop. We're, back. we're back. We're back hey. live. Hey. Spacecraft cookie crumbles. <laughs> we, we were talking during the break. Now, what would happen? I asked this silly question because remember, the show I did before this was Keeping Up with the Kardashians. So please be kind. Oh, so, no. But it's wow. not a silly question Hold because on. I was thinking the same you thing. You watched so a show it's that not silly. killed brain cells and then you came to a show that enhances them. <laughs> you know, okay. No, but I was going to say, what would happen after the billion years? Of the shelf life of the Voyager, that it just lands nowhere. Well, what if it doesn't even, not that it doesn't land, what if it just gets destroyed in some space, you know, asteroid belt yeah. or something? That's what I thought about. Well, so it's not a silly question. I mean, it very easily could. Yeah. Easy. Well, it's, they say those cosmic rays sometimes have the power of, like, bullets. What yeah. if it just gets hit enough to where it gets broken into pieces? True. I, I guess we could make this a fun one. We always ask, you know, our After Buzz crowd... A question of the week. So mm-hmm. why not ask him, what do you think will happen to the Voyager? Mm-hmm. Where will it land? Be as imaginative we'll as possible. Will anyone find it? Yes. Let yes. us know what you think. 
All right. Really quickly, what you were saying, yes. I guess I wanted to comment on this earlier about how the um, certain sounds, I'm sure they, the aliens would not necessarily pick up, like the brainwaves would sure. just fall mm-hmm. in love and stuff. Maybe not, but at the same time, I happen to be a huge fan of the very specific things that they chose to pick, even though they might not be the most relatable when it comes to intergalactic species. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, I can't speak from experience. There is still something incredibly... It, it got to the center, for me anyway, of what Earth is mm-hmm. in so many ways, and not just from a scientific standpoint, and maybe they won't be able to understand that. Uh, they obviously did a lot to try to be uh, as communicative as possible with as little understanding the th- uh, as right. they At the time of right. its launch. But mm-hmm. something that I think they succeeded in doing with those specific sounds was getting to, and maybe I'm sounding very kumbaya and hippy-dippy, but get to the core of what, on a humanity level, we stand for. Right, what, what life is. Yeah. Um, Autumn, I, I love you, but I, I want to challenge you on that. Okay, Ooh. go for it. Go for it. Not in the way you think. You okay. keep saying that it's being very kumbaya and hippity-dippity, but, I mean, the message that Carl Sagan, when we'll close with that, that mm-hmm. he left us with, with was everything you've been saying so far. Mm-hmm. You know, of letting that jadedness out the door and just being open. You know, it's okay. It, it, I, I, I think it's fantastic what you said. You know, that, that was an oh, accurate fair. representation. Mm-hmm. I like that challenge. I'll accept that challenge <laughs> yeah, no. and kind of melt a little bit. No, absolutely. And in all seriousness, something that I think the series really does well, and especially in this episode, is mix those two elements. It's not necessarily, you know, the hard jaded science mm-hmm. that's so, you know, angry all the time and all of us peace and love people. There is a very specific balance that's really beautiful and wonderful. So I was very happy with that segment. Right. It was my favorite. No, I, I, it was great. Yes. I was so, trying to say it was wrong. You know, and, of, <laughs> and of course, we as, as we're leaving Neptune, Dr. Sagan actually said there, we should take a picture mm-hmm. of our pale blue dot. Yeah, because he talked about how just a few years prior to that or you know before they took a turned around and took a picture of the earth for the first time mm-hmm. in space mm-hmm. and for once we got to turn around and see earth how it is like just one big collective unit which i think is awesome yeah well, no borders no you know the things that we fight about and make a big deal yeah about. exactly and they they talk about this i've heard some astronauts a lot of astronauts experience this what they call like space euphoria mm-hmm. when they're in space and they can see the earth and they're just up there it's some kind of weird like enlightenment that just makes them be like uh, everything is wow what are we doing like look at this planet we all need to get it together it's pretty cool. Like, I, I want to go into space just for that. We're talking <laughs> about perspective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. I can't imagine the kind of person you have to be to go up into space and get that perspective right. yeah. and be like, no, you know what? I'm still kind of eh. pissed off at this petty yeah. thing that yeah. happened that one Tuesday two weeks ago. <laughs> Do you th- I think we're all guilty of that. Yeah. You know, oh, oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> but but if for just a fraction of a second, why mm-hmm. else what we, what we saw tonight... Mm-hmm gives us that perspective it makes us halt and but unfortunately like when we leave the studio tonight we're gonna you know there'll be a traffic jam right. or something we'll going very on very angry yeah, exactly so we'll be back but just for that one brief moment if we can remind ourselves to check in yeah i like that you know and definitely go with the message that's being told so th- thereafter we start going more into like a recap 
of the great people that we met along the way in this journey. Yes. Mm-hmm. All the cool scientists. From Claire Patterson, voiced mm-hmm. by Rich Gear. I mean, we had, I'm trying to remember everyone that we, uh, give me some names. They showed Isaac Newton. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, so many scientists. They showed Herschel. Yes. What, uh, what, what was the guy in the uh, the cell at the beginning? Uh, oh, uh, I remember. Bruno Di- yeah. Right. yeah, Bruno. Bruno Giordano. Yeah. Yes, which was, I mean, because we started at, at a, you know, the prison, in the nutshell mm-hmm. of the prison we've been given, mm-hmm. and yet now we're exploring. Sort of like the, us the, in the being in prison before so, we knew what was beyond yes. our own planet. So could the universe also be a prison? Oh, my God. You were so mushy and lovely yes. until that. Well, sentence. it could be because that's what I'm saying. Yeah. What is beyond this this universe? It's a prison. <laughs> all things a prison. No, 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 no. We're I'm, stuck here and we're all gonna die. Yeah. I'm, I'm just. <laughs> and that's it. That's true, though. <laughs> <laughs> you joke, but, but it are, is true. So. No, I'm just using the words that they used on the episode. Yeah. That that's what we inherited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. do and through our scientific the scientific mm-hmm. method by questioning everything and by you know backing them on the ideas of and discarding what isn't true mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Well, also, the other thing I thought was interesting was, again, almost like a thing towards religion with the whole believing, don't just believe it to believe it yeah. kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. I was right. like, ooh, that was a little you know, it's very, nudge. You know, it's really interesting well, about jab. that. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts on it. I know what your thoughts are going to be on it. But, um, oh, no, no. I mean, it's, 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 that's terrible not a thoughts. Yeah. No, not terrible at all. It's just, um, you're very vocal about it, which I love. It's just that um, one of the criticisms that I've heard from other people about this show, and it's something I, I personally don't agree with these criticisms, but it's something that's been brought up, so I mm-hmm. might as well bring it to the table, is you know, does it have an agenda by kind of, is it jabbing at religion? And my own personal opinion is that presenting facts isn't a jab. If uh, the, the things that can become jabs obviously are things like, I guess it's difficult to articulate, but, Oh, science is the only way to do things. And religion holds us down being point blank about that. But do, do they have any of those moments? Is it a, you know, jabbing at religion? Or is it just an honest, honest to God um, laying out of the facts? And is that, that's not an agenda to me. That's just the truth. I think you said it right there. Right. They they it's, tackled that in episode, in episode two, you know, because there are, there are, there are not two sides to this argument. It's right. been proven by mm-hmm. scientific fact. That's, right. that's what I guess is confusing yeah. to me, is the fact that... Uh, People question it as they should, and people mm-hmm. should question, sure. everything. question everything. But right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, if it is presented as a fact, does questioning it for no reason, without any substantial evidence or without any reason to believe otherwise, qualify as a legitimate question? Well, question? I mean, I would say uh, there's. It's hard to say that there may not be some biases there because I can't go in the head of the people that created the actual series and right. maybe what they're thinking and maybe they're not religious people and their biases come out and they sometimes biases come out with people when you, they don't even realize they're coming right. out. So I, we can't say 100% that they're not maybe putting their own biases out there by saying, you know, we're anti-religion or, you know, science is number one. But I don't think it was done purposefully, if we could say that. Like, I don't think yeah, it was I done to jab that. purposely. Um, because I think they brought up some good things. Like, they did bring up about Newton and how, and a couple other scientists, too, how they blended their scientific... Who were devoutly religious. And devoutly religious, on the other hand, and were able to use that hand in hand. And I think that part of the lesson from this type of show was to be able to take, you know, 
the religion if you, if you have that belief and be able to help kind of take it hand in hand with the science and with the facts because I think there is a place for it to go together because we don't know yeah. all the answers. We don't know where the life came from and where it started and what the universe is doing. But it has to be done in a smart way. But I don't to, – to answer your question, I don't think they did it purposefully. Yeah, and they, he even said in the last episode when we were talking about climate change, he said um, – you know, he explained how global warming works. Mm-hmm. He's like, the heat comes in, it tries to go back out, mm-hmm. the carbon dioxide blocks it, and it the earth gets hotter. That's just how it works. Yeah. There's nothing controversial about well, it. Well, that's what, I guess, my ultimate question is, yeah. How? why is this still controversial? Exactly. Right. That's like my or question. Or why, is, if you don't believe in climate change, why can't you just help out because you're thinking pollution is bad for us in general? Like, why don't you want to help yeah, cut pollution? Yeah, I know someone who it's said... that type of stuff. I don't believe in man-made uh, right. climate change. Mm-hmm. Or and I said, okay, well, like, do you believe that we're like expediting it? They said no, and I said, but do you believe you're well, at least polluting? Yeah, I'm like, but what about atmosphere. all the pollution? He goes, oh, well, I believe in pollution. I'm like, it's the same thing. Right. Like, how I don't so understand how, how you not make that connection. It takes time. Um, I, I believe Andrea and she. I got a lot of this stuff. I don't know if you've had a chance. Uh, the it was at the Paley Center had a, a talk with him this week, and that's where she shared much of her thoughts. And she said, if you just look back from the first from the first cosmos. And how how far we've traveled since then, mm-hmm. with with certain issues with racism and sexuality and mm-hmm. things of that nature, she thinks the next one to fall will be climate, and many things like that that will change. And hopefully, not, we're not saying that you know theological beliefs will change, but I she she believes that things will be a little more open in the future. Right? Well, the thing right. is though, climate has money behind it has big companies with lots of money who want us to not believe. Right, Right. that's happened before. And like we talked about, because it's not happening right in front of our face, like right away, like people falling over and dying, it's something that's not seen as a a major threat. It's a slow Whereas with those other issues, like race and sexuality and whatnot, that was in front of everyone's faces. And people were dying Mm -hmm. and people were getting, you know, uh, badly treated. On your point, then, there'll always be another Claire Patterson. Yeah, Yeah. that's Mm -hmm. true. Hopefully. And eventually it will be. They're out there right now. Yeah. Yeah, and eventually it will be right in front of our faces, mm-hmm. unfortunately, in well, whatever way that manifests. <laughs> right. Yeah, when it's too It may <laughs> be a bit late. too late at that point, mm-hmm. but if there's one thing that this series has brought to light, it's the fact that the human imagination and the human mind is incredible. Mm-hmm. And when, fa- when faced with these challenges, they d- tend to be able to step up to the plate and... We're going to live under the ground as mole people. As mole That's people. Yeah. That's so what I was possible. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to wrap up the episode because we've only got about eight minutes left, but okay. I definitely wanted to quickly ask a question. What was your favorite moment of Cosmos? If you guys had us any moment that resonates, anything that well, sticks out. I mean, for me, of course, it was the, the episode from last week. You know, dealing with climate change because it's something I'm very passionate about, interested in, and I obviously love weather and climate. And also it's something that we have to deal with here on the planet. Um, yeah. Not that I don't love this stuff on space, but there's it's so massive and mind-boggling and crazy, and I love it, but in a different way. I also love the episode with Claire Patterson, too, because I feel like it goes to prove that one person really can make a difference. Mm-hmm. And that's for all the future scientists out there and everyone else, that it, that one person can come up with the next amazing discovery. So... Something like that was was pretty interesting because I never knew about about him at all with the whole stuff with lead and that's a huge thing. So, so anything that stood up for you? Dylan? That one was very good. Yeah. That episode I loved, uh, but it made me angry. Very <laughs> yeah, angry. yeah. I, I remember. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, you were angry. We thought you were on crazy pills that night. No, nope. just angry. <laughs> um, but I I think my favorite moments were all of the space stuff. Mm-hmm. All of the it's pretty. You know. Um, 
where, where are they? The pulsars, all of the mm-hmm. just the cool nebulas everywhere, black holes. Like just learning about all that stuff, like it makes your head want to explode every mm-hmm. time you <laughs> just think about any of that stuff. And I mm-hmm. love it. And autumn for you, any, any anything? Any, I, I, you're like, oh my gosh, there's so much to. I, I don't even remember because you're so filled with all these amazing thoughts. I remember you said that when I asked you. I was like, well, yeah, because it's a big question when you. Kind of explore the entire universe. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but, um, Sorry. You know, you were talking. That's what I'm saying it's too much. You talked a lot about um, Earth and our mother planet, and you talked a little more about space. For me, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I, I know this might sound like a cop out, but it was in this episode actually for me. Yeah. I'm a person who likes nice little mm-hmm. ribbons, yeah. Um, or if not ribbons, just satisfying endings and. Frankly, for me, the thing that touched me the most was the speech that we are going to be listening to mm-hmm. on our way out of here. Absolutely. Which was, um, to put it, not very kumbaya, as you were saying. It was really poetic and touching, and it kind of mixed the two things that I'm very, very passionate about, especially as someone who um, loves literature and humanities and art, to be phrased so beautifully and eloquently. <laughs> it was wonderful. He had in such mm-hmm. a way, mm-hmm. and and that's something that I I think I'm going to watch the original Cosmos now, just because every time you you listen to Carl Sagan speak, there's there's just something he's so earnest. He is, and there's a he warmth, is. there's a passion, there's like a gentleness behind that voice. Yeah, because okay, well then let's. I I didn't think about this, but is there a, something different between Doctor Sagan and Neil deGrasse Tyson? Did we learn something different from each personality? Explain the cosmos. Yeah, I I feel like, you know, like you were saying with Carl Sagan, he's very earnest, very, like, heartfelt. Like, you almost feel like he's, like, reaching out to you and, like, patting you on the back while he teaches you science. (laughs) Uh, Where Neil kind of comes off as fun, like, the whole time. He's like, yeah, let's do this. You know, like, I'm not saying uh, Carl Sagan's not fun, but I'm just saying, you know, his energy energy. is, like, just a little more... Yeah. Yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson yeah. did win sexiest astrophysicist. <laughs> I'm not sure out of how many. That <laughs> I know, like how big is that pool? <laughs> but he did win that award, sexiest astrophysicist. I'm not sure if it was of all time or of that month. If that's <laughs> I love it. it the month. Check out the, the sexiest astrophysicist of the month. They have a calendar. calendar. <laughs> Check out the calendar. We'll have the links down below. All right, so I guess we got it. Before we sign off now, do we have any news and gossip for tonight? Uh, well, we there is any... some news. I mean, we could... I, I know you had something you were going to share. Well, let's get, let's get into it. Let's do okay. some newsy gossip Ooh. stuff. Not all at once. Now, so <laughs> first off, now guys, now make sure to tune into all the other shows. And now I believe Scott, you're starting on Orange is the New Black as well, right? Orange is the New Black, uh, Defiance, and then we'll be back for the final season of True Blood. Nice. Ooh. Yeah. All right. So two weeks. Dylan, what do you got? Um, I was just going to talk about the uh, light. Did you guys see that? The 12 billion year old light that finally made its way to Earth? Heard about it. Right? It yeah. was from an exploding star. About an hour ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Didn't well, see it, but heard about yeah, it. Check it out. <laughs> I can't really, I don't remember all the details, but I just know there was a big star explosion and it finally made its way here and it uh, uh, was really, really bright. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> 12 billion Scott. years old, though. <laughs> Uh, there was an asteroid that uh, passed by today. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys heard about yeah, that yeah. too, yes, as well, about, about the length of a of a city block, which is which is pretty big. They say it was a thousand feet. Yeah, like yeah, a little over a thousand feet, which is could cause a lot of damage if it was to smash in the planet. But luckily, it was seven hundred and seventy thousand miles away, which is Good. much further away than distance between three times. Yes, three times between here and and, and the the moon. Uh, and the moon. So we were definitely safe, but uh, definitely fascinating because 
we, that's still very close, relatively yeah. speaking, for asteroids. Cosmic and, speaking. And yes, exactly. Close. And it doesn't come off, uh, come around. They that only often. found it two weeks ago. Yeah, which that's again the is the part. scary thing that there's so many asteroids out there that we may not know that are. What if two weeks ago they would have found it and then go, wait a minute. Yeah, whoops. Oh, that's hitting us. Yes, that would not be a good thing. <laughs> they said it would go off like an H bomb. Oh, yeah, because again, hit. because it's big enough to yeah. do some serious yeah. damage. So, so uh, you know, that hits a big city and. Mm-hmm. We're going to need Bruce Willis. Yeah, even if it was was in the ocean, you know, it would be crazy. Um, The other interesting thing, too, is the Apollo rocks hint at Moon's violent birth after collision with Earth. So they've basically come to the conclusion that, uh, you know, a lot of the other moons come from other ways of being. But ours was basically came about from another existing micro planet. Uh, What was it called again? I I always want to call it Thea, but I think it was called something else. I believe you're right. I thought it was. I'm trying to look for it here. Trust your instincts. I know, right? Uh, But apparently they, you know, they they ended up colliding, and it collided into Earth, and so there's bits of this Thea uh, exoplanet left over as well as about 10 to 20% of the moon's surfaces actually came from Earth stuff. Earth stuff. So the moon has some Earth stuff with it too, so... And uh, Earth baby, yeah. And one other <laughs> cool cute. thing is that there you can build some female scientists now with the new Legos. Oh yeah, the female that's a good thing. Legos. So it's Why good for the, shirt? for the female scientists. I'm yes. so happy. Wearing the shirt again, you gotta love that. All right. Yeah. So once again, news in two minutes or less with Scott Moore. All right. So <laughs> now we've got to come to. I guess it's not predictions, but more so a thank you to all the yeah. fans and yeah. to all of you. Yeah. To all of you. To to Scott. To Dylan, to Autumn, that to you, and to you, and to you. you guys have made it an awesome ride. Honestly, yeah, I, I'm good time. Just, this is fun. I wish we could do it forever. We can. Okay. Dr. Dr. This will live on forever. As Doctor Tyson <laughs> said, space. Oh, just keep being curious. All right. Yeah. And better said, um, I I learned so much from you guys. So I, I and from the show, and it's changed my life. It really has. And I think it's encapsulated best by what Doctor Sagan said at the end. So. Scott, where can they find you? <laughs> they can find me uh, on the old... And I was like, whoa, it's thrown off there. I was like ready for Carl Sagan. They can find me on the old Twitter at sman80, S-M-A-N-8-0. And again, I'll be uh, starting up Orange is a New Black after show here, as well as Defiance. And then two weeks, we're back for True Blood, final nice. season. That's right. And Dylan? You can find me on Twitter at Dylan Chance, or you can check out the Facebook page, facebook.com. Well, how about that? <laughs> Carl Sagan <laughs> likes my website. <laughs> <laughs> you <know about> and <laughs> Autumn? <laughs> Um, Twitter at Autumn Chicklist. Find me on Instagram and Twitter under JCRubioTV. So for Scott, Autumn, Dylan, and Roya, and every engineer, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. And we'll see you for the next Cosmos. Good night. Everyone you ever heard of. Every human being who ever was. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other aftershows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species.